every project changes its environment. And when you change what's there, you have to think about how all of the ethnographic factors are going to change as well. Hello, and welcome to Tete a Tete, the Rice Architecture podcast series. I'm your host, Lindsay Chambers, and this week's episode features a conversation that's part of our ongoing series on preceptorship at Rice Architecture. For more information on the preceptor experience, you can listen to our conversation with Ethan Jan. This week, I'm talking with Madeline Pelzel, who spent her preceptorship working at Colin Patterson Fox in London. Let's dive in. Madeline, thanks for coming on Tete Tete. Thanks for having me. To start with our questions for you today, first I'd like to hear a bit about your overall experience working in the smallest of KPF's design-oriented offices. Can you give me a brief summary of the firm, its culture, values, uh, the work life? I think my experience at KPF was really defined by the fact that I was able to be there for such a long time. I could kind of see that the interns that came in and came out and in two or three months got very different deliverables and work opportunities than I was given because of the way that they were able to sort of see me as more of a long-term asset to their office. So I got all of the same onboarding and training that full-time people who were just coming to work at the office got. And that made a huge difference in the way that I was able to contribute to my teams and also the responsibilities that they were able to give me. That engagement and level of engagement with the office defined the way that I saw its culture. I know that talking to people who were there for short amounts of time found it to be maybe very intense, but because I was on a very stable team that had you know, been working together for a long time, they really sort of welcomed me into the process on both the main teams that I was on, and they really made my time there so incredible because that gave me a level of comfort that allowed me, I think, to like actually begin to understand what the underlying culture at the office actually was whenever it wasn't just something you saw from the outside. And so I really made deep friendships there that I found incredibly valuable through that welcoming um, engagement from my teams. Yeah, and I think that is one of the truly unique things about preceptorship is that you do get such a long time working in that office, so you really do get a great in-depth knowledge of the workings of that firm as opposed to maybe doing an internship for three months where you don't get that experience always. Even much different than I would say a co-op, which some schools have, right, where you're only there for maybe four or five months. It is longer than an internship, but being there much past the, the internship phase, I think, really, really mattered. So how did your studies at Rice Architecture prepare you for your preceptorship? I think that something very unique about our program that we all love to talk about is how sort of intimate our relationships are able to be with our professors because there's usually about 10 of us to one of them and so we get a lot of time with them each week and that kind of forms a confidence in us I think to really not be skittish when we're talking to them and and really express our design ideas and get good feedback from them and understand that even when they're really critical or like have something contrary to what we're doing to say that we take that in good light and we really understand the ways in which that push and pull is really productive and I think that that confidence in maybe talking to someone superior to you really translated well when I was talking with and engaging with the people on my team especially my project managers or senior associate principals that I didn't feel like my opinions weren't valid which I think is pretty directly attributed to the fact that even as freshmen here we stand up there and and talk and and are respected and Mm -hmm. we learn that our thoughts are really valued um, right from the get-go and so I think that that is 
one of the like most important parts when you're at a large firm of being a real contributing member to your team and not just like getting the work that is pawned off on you. Yeah, and I think it also helps that at Rice, grad students and undergrads are mixed together to such a high degree, working in studios together, working in theory and tech classes together. So everyone kind of feels like they're almost on the same playing field. So I think that helps younger students get a lot more experience talking to older people and sharing ideas and learning how to articulate thoughts, which is really nice. Can you share a little about your specific roles at KPF when you were working there? I kind of worked on two main projects, and for the first half-ish of my time there, I was working on a project that was going through the planning application actually for like the third time. So it was a project that was very uh, well known to the office. We had been working with that client for many years, and so I really got to engage with, I think, the politics of the ways in which buildings get approved to be built and my primary role was to directly interface with the client about the unit mix for the residential part of the project and how he was going to incorporate the affordable housing components that the city of London requires. I think that that part of the process was very much about managing his expectations but also understanding the ways in which the laws there which I didn't have very much context for beforehand were playing a huge role in what we were able to design and then the second part of my time there I sort of flipped parts of the of the process of architecture and was working on a project that was under construction actively and so in that realm I was working specifically with the residential unit layouts and how they needed to adjust and change based on new MEP constraints And so while they were like pouring concrete, we were redesigning all 63 unit types um, because that was an unexpected task. The people who were already assigned to the project, that wasn't something they had time to do. And so they brought me on to just like only think about that and have someone on it all hours of the day. And so that was something that I got to feel a lot of ownership over and have a lot of interface with consultants and things like that. And is it right that both of these projects you worked on were kind of mixed use and residential? Yeah, so the master plan that incorporated the first building that I was working on had had lots of mixed use um, incorporated. My building was, I would say, 95% residential. But then the second project of the 36 floors, I think it was the, the bottom eight or so were either retail or commercial or office, I guess. So yeah, there was a lot going on in both projects, but I was always primarily focused on residential. And the other thing to say about both of these is that they're both happening in London. And so there was a lot of local politics happening, not just the national politics, which I thought was incredibly interesting. So when you were doing these projects, in addition to kind of thinking about the local politics and how they might affect residential units, you also had to coordinate a lot of different types of consultants working on the projects. Mm Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? I think it was probably my first experience really trying to explain the merits of architecture to someone who was really just concerned with something else. And so I think that it was a, a process that I, at the beginning, was maybe a little bit shy of in the sense that I wasn't quite as confident in terms of the rules and regulations and code that had to do with what I was doing. So I wanted some backup or feedback. But then by the end of my time there, when I really felt like I had a grasp on 
exactly what the priorities were and could really confidently articulate my position. I think that coming to that place by the end of it was, I think, a really good lesson in the sense that even if doing luxury resi isn't my like passion project, I was able to take that experience and then also have this whole other experience tangential to it where I was learning how to articulate my design position in a way that someone else could not only understand but think was valuable in a sense that maybe they wouldn't have. What stage are these projects currently at? Is the one that was under construction finished or is it still in the process of being finished? So my colleagues send me pictures every so often and it's quite nice to see it going up. And I got put on the project for the One Crown Place, which is the tower under construction. It's actually a double tower, like two trapezoidal figures on a base. It was probably floor six or seven, five, something like that. The towers really hadn't started yet. And by the time I left, we were pouring concrete on like 15, 16. I think they have all the concrete poured now and they're doing a lot of interior fit outs. So it's good to see all or hear about all that happening. It's nice that you got to see some of the things yeah. that you had been working on come into reality. Totally. I think that's increasingly rare, right? Where you, like I could walk to my site from where I was living and that just seems like something that probably won't ever happen again. It was really cool. And just to see it all happening so quickly, like we had to make decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when you're in the belabored process of concept design or schematic, it can seem never ending. Um, so moving on, preceptorship provides a unique opportunity for undergrads to form valuable connections with practicing architects and designers during an extended period of time. Did you have any mentors that you found in your time at KPF? Yeah, so KPF has like a formalized mentorship program where every new employee you get assigned a mentor. It's not something that is very organic, but I did have a mentor that I was paired with that I got along with super well. As one of the larger architecture offices globally, KPF is more engaged with the politics of architecture than most other offices have to be because of the sort of scale at which they're working. And I really wanted to ask questions about this. Mm -hmm. And I got paired with someone who was very much in the realm of the competitions that KPF was working on or very early stage projects. And so while that was interesting to hear about his experience doing that, that wasn't what I was really trying to get out of a potential mentor. And so I think I sort of just sought out my own relationships with people that I could tell were engaging those issues and um, were willing to talk about them with me. And so both of those I found to be valuable. Understanding the breadth of the types of work that that an office does is good, but I think that more of my, I would say, actual mentorship came from people that I found more organically because of the really good culture actually around lunchtime we're like not allowed to eat at our desks period like there's no eating at desks and so everyone eats downstairs at these long like bar height tables there's not like you know your table and my table it's just these long strips of table which actually forms these situations in which you sit next to people who you have no idea who they are and everyone's just down there chatting and that's actually where I probably met most of the people that then I would talk to at the pub or like at payday drinks and then as time went on feel more comfortable being like hey could we just go get lunch together so I could ask Mm -hmm. you more questions so do you think forming those kind of relationships with people shaped the way you thought about design at all or how do you think it might have shaped the way you think about design I think that it definitely shaped the way that I understand architecture to be a deeply 
political field. Just as any other political process would have to happen, there were public meetings and hearings and the architect has to be at those and present their project to the constituents in that community. At least in London, this is like something that's very strictly enforced just because of the awareness that every project changes its environment, right? Every project is either creating something, but it's creating something for someone and it's creating something for a certain group of social class or socioeconomic status. And when you change what's there, you have to think about how all of the ethnographic factors are going to change as well. I could see how they were having a role in that process, which was maybe more valuable than anything else. If you could possibly boil down the entire experience, do you have anything that you thought was the most formative part of your preceptorship? I think the most formative part of my preceptorship was living in the United Kingdom and all of the different and new normals that come along with living in a different context. And although most things that you would think of normally are the same, like language or certain like cultural ideas within design and within design schools and just in society generally there are different things that have more focus or less especially politically but also just the ability to not just like in my preceptorship but also outside of that to be a part of a different local community and understand its challenges and I got involved in some transit oriented advocacy and different community outreach organizations and those things in addition to things like the AIA UK chapter were very, yeah, I would say very influential in the way that I sort of perceive design as a more holistic organism that can have a lot of different effects. Yeah. So this semester you're taking Andrew Kalki's totalization studio Mm -hmm. titled Auxiliary, which looks at the residential scale in architecture. Did the work you did with KPF influence how you've approached this studio project at all? Yeah, I think it totally influenced why I wanted to take Andrew's studio so badly and why I thought that working at the scale of the ADU, the accessory dwelling unit, was something that I wanted to engage, especially after designing residential towers. And it was mainly a question of like who the project was for. I don't have anything wrong with building a tower. Like I think that that has a time and a place, but it's about who it's for and what it's trying to accomplish in a given context. And this studio really tries to engage those questions deeply, I think, in both a existential way, in the sense of its like energy use and who that impacts, but also where it is and who is potentially going to benefit from that. And I think working in Houston is very interesting. I think it definitely influenced what I was most interested in tackling. Definitely the ADU will be important in Houston, and I think that is a really good way to look at it, who it's for, because working in Houston, the ADU really could be kind of a solution to bring more density. If we are in a different context, it might be more helpful to have towers, but... Exactly. But here we have the space, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And just demolishing people's homes to replace them with quadplex townhome situations doesn't seem to be (laughs) benefiting anyone. (laughs) So lastly, what advice might you have for younger students who are looking to get the most out of their first full-time work experience? I think that one thing that was really important to me looking back on this is that that job like isn't really your identity, but I think that it did offer me certain opportunities to understand these problems at a scale that I might not ever engage with again, but will be incredibly beneficial for me to have a, a deep understanding of. And I think that part of the reason I got so much out of that and can now say that is because I 
was open to taking responsibilities that maybe I wasn't necessarily comfortable with at first or knew exactly how to accomplish. I think that taking on the responsibility maybe of interfacing with the client about unit mix was not something that like I can tell you that the School of Architecture taught me how to do. I messed up a few times at first and the first few times I wasn't the one primarily in charge of that. I guess my advice would be to ask a lot of questions but not be afraid to take on the responsibility because someone will always be there to help you through that but taking it on also then gives you the opportunity to have more agency and maybe what your next project would be at the firm or where you could spend your time after that not just be good at the thing you're good at and just do that always which is maybe what you get more sucked into when you're at a summer internship like Mm -hmm. you're really good at this type of rendering so just do it for us whereas I think if you are willing to take a responsibility that maybe you don't have as much comfort with that's something that can really help you grow the most and get the most out of an experience even if you don't want to take on that firm as your personal like Mm -hmm. identity that makes sense yeah that makes sense and there's so many things that school isn't going to prepare you for but as long as you know that you have this kind of basic design knowledge then you can bring it into any situation right exactly and the ability to like find out the answer Mm -hmm. even if you don't really know it yeah I think something that we all do every day even without thinking about it is just like wow, I just don't know, but I need to figure it out. And we know how to do that by the time we graduate. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. For more information on preceptorship, visit the Rice Architecture website. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a review. And don't forget to subscribe to our page on your favorite platform to keep up with new releases. I'm your host, Lindsay Chambers, and this has been Tete a Tete. Thank you.